Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Coger Center Arts Roundup. We've had David Scott Purdy, uh, who is one of the newer members of the tour, uh, <laughs> having been out there for three months, and uh, Andy Richardson, an old veteran of 18 months uh, <laughs> uh, on the uh, Wicked tour. Um, welcome to the Coger Center Arts Roundup. Hi, thanks for having us. So can we just begin, uh, let's tell folks what you do in the show. Uh, Andy, let's start with you. Um, I am in the ensemble, and I'm one of the understudies for Bach, uh, the munchkin. So in my ensemble role, I am a flying monkey, I'm a student at Shiz, part of the Emerald City, whole shebang. And David? Um, I am a, a swing, or a partial swing. Um, I cover three of the ensemble singers, or um, I guess you'd call me the singer swing. Um, and uh, I do uh, two of the principal roles. I cover uh, Dr. Dillamond and the wizard. So are all swing uh, performers doing that much? Uh, you know, I that think much coverage and basically, I I think I may have sort of the minimum actually. The the female singer swing covers uh, six females total. I think is what is what Jenna's covering right now. But um, we also have our dancer swings. Um, one of our our dance captain swings used to be a universal swing for the show, so she knew the show multiple productions of which when we back when we had two tours and the Broadway she knew all of that so she's got a lot of, of information under her belt as well she's an encyclopedia <laughs> yeah so I um, yeah we all have a lot to cover but uh, I, I would say I don't have it as hard as some others uh, tell us uh, we'll go back to David David how long have you been on tour Andy That's all. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. It's perfectly all right. Andy, yeah, yeah. Andy, uh, uh, tell, tell us. I moved and I drew arrows on my piece of paper, and now <laughs> the arrows no longer work. It's all right. Uh, I've been on tour for a year and a half, about to be a year and six months. Uh, how did you? How did you land in, in Wicked? Um, I have worked in New York before, so I had um, an agent and everything. But I was actually in school at NYU. Um, Finishing up, uh, getting ready to graduate when I got uh, a from my agent a call to go in for my track. And so my first round was um, just pure dancing. We learned a bit of uh, the Ozdust Ballroom. And then uh, we did a little bit where uh, we were like doing lifting and partnering and whatnot. And then after that, I was asked back for uh, all of the Bach material and then Quite literally, like, from that final audition, I walked out and went to my graduation ceremony. <laughs> and then three days later, I found out I got it. So you started an audition principally dance then? Uh, or or did they make you sing as well when you came in for your initial auditions? Um, initially, it was just dance. Um, I sang in the callback. Yeah. Um, did, were, were you studying musical theater? Were you studying theater? Yeah. Are you a chemistry major? Uh, <laughs> I went to uh, NYU Gallatin, so it's the School of Individualized Study. You can basically create your own major, and then at the very end of it, all you have to do is, like, defend it. All you have to do, I say. Um, <laughs> Merely me defend. Defend Merely your major. Four years. Very <laughs> stressful, but it worked. Um, so I studied musical theater and American Sign Language. Um, there are other people who studied the color purple. Uh, not the musical, literally, color theory. Nice. 
David. Yeah. Look at look at me. I'm I'm learning. Well done. Uh, yeah. So uh, how about you? How how you're new, right? So you're just three months on the job. Yeah, about to cross the three mark month month mark in a couple days. But uh, yeah, it was very quick. I I I had written the show off as something I would never be a part of. Um, I was sort of looking at it as something that I was never going to be quite right for, and then I. Uh, Suddenly, well, my actually one of my good friends was playing my was in my track before me, and he had texted me to say, "Hey, man, I'm leaving the show. Uh, you should maybe maybe try and get in for this." And I was like, "All right, dude, whatever." Mm-hmm. But uh, and suddenly, I I had an appointment for it, and it was like a weekend worth of of auditions and dancing and singing. And then the next thing I knew, it was like, "Can you come out and meet us in Atlanta?" So it was really quick, fast, and furious. And I'm still sort of realizing I left things at home, uh, <laughs> articles of clothing that I like. I was like, where is that T-shirt? Oh, yeah, I had to pack in like a day. So, um, yeah, it's been a whirlwind, but a really wonderful one. And uh, getting to be a part of it is something I never expected to happen. And it's just been literally magical. How quickly was it from when you found out till you had to leave? It was like... Um, a week and a half total from first audition to having to come out. So oh, wow. I feel like I got the offer on like a Thursday or Friday and I had to come out the next Monday. Um, so yeah, I had like a weekend or so to, to get my life together so that I could leave on the road. I had like two months of twiddling my thumbs. I was like, just put me in coach, I'm ready. <laughs> so did you know uh, during those two months that you had gotten this or? Yeah, I like uh, two months, it was like beginning of May and then I uh, flew out for rehearsals like variant of uh june into july um so i was just kind of like in new york doing my thing and i was just like okay i'm ready to go out now you still waiting you've got slightly different circumstances there do you know uh you may not have the answer to this but uh do you know do they audition people regularly it seems like if they offer you on thursday and you're supposed to be out on monday that maybe uh, it was more of an unexpected put-in for you, David, or I, you know, rather than saying we know that a contract's going to come to an end, the end of wherever, and we're going to plan ahead, and we've got somebody on, you know, <laughs> tied up. Yeah, you'd think that would be the case, and sometimes it is. Sometimes they do go go ahead and get people, but I think with how many people they have to get to sign off on people coming into the show, they obviously want um, to keep the the quality of the show as high as humanly possible. So they really need anybody who um, are you know, our, our resident director, all the people who, who have had their hands in the show to keep the quality high need to see you and sign off on you. They're, they're tape, often taping auditions and sending them to producers so that they can uh, check off and say, yeah, this person's, this person's good. And uh, so there's a lot of, of people to sort of get um, their minds together and everybody needs to say yes. So I think sometimes it ends up taking a little longer than expected um, and, you know, <laughs> getting everybody together, not only in the same room to look at the same video, but also sometimes in New York to get uh, to get the people in the room to audition is is a bit much sometimes. So, have either of you done tours before? Now I know that you were in school, so probably the answer is no. Um, no, but, I have. But, but you you worked um, you did a lot of work young. Is that right? Yeah, I well, I first made um, my first New York show was Gypsy at City Center with Patty Lapone. Um, is this one of those? Uh, what do they call them? The, the you do like the one nighters that they have that whole uh, encore series. Oh yeah, it was encore, w- yeah. was an encore series. Yeah, it was. 
Um, and so I did that. We did that at uh, City Center, and then while I, because I'm from San Antonio, Texas, I had like flown up to audition for that, and then as soon as it was done, I like moved back. Um, so how old were you then? Twelve. Um, so <laughs> while I was he- there for um, City Center, I got an agent, and I auditioned for How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical. So that was my Broadway debut, and then Gypsy came to Broadway. And then uh, later when I was 16, I uh, was a part of the original company of Newsies. Uh, But I actually have done a couple tours. I did the Newsies tour, and I did the Kinky Boots tour. Did you come through Columbia on your Kinky Boots tour? No, this is my first time here. All right. We we just had Kinky Boots in January. Nice. So uh, you were already on the... um, Wicked tour, I guess. I, I could, I can do math. I swear. You got it. <laughs> uh, you, you would have, but yes, we we got Kinky Boots uh, recently. Um, how is this tour different from the other tours that you might have been on? Uh, I was talking with Emily, company management, about uh, the fact that this tour, from a touring perspective, is a pretty good quality tour because of the length of time that your places and the sort of size and scope of the venues. So the venues are all, I'd like to think that we're living up to the expectations of other venues. The venues have a lot to offer. You're, you know, they have plenty of space for dressing rooms. You're, there's not a lot of makeshift going on. Um, but something like Kinky Boots, we got it for two nights. Mm-hmm. I imagine that maybe when you were out, it was also doing split weeks or single nights. Uh, and that's like a different t- kind of a touring experience. Yeah. Uh, both the Newsies and Kinky Boots tour, when I did them, um, were we would be in a place for one week, um, or if we were lucky, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's primarily the biggest difference uh, for me in terms of the Wicked tour. Is like we were in uh, Los Angeles for nine weeks. Like we will do five week sittings. The minimum that we do in a place is uh, two weeks, and so it's. so so nice to just be able to like actually unpack your suitcase wherever you're staying and just be like ah okay i don't have to pack this in three days Mm -hmm. uh it's great plus it's so fun being a part of like this kind of behemoth of a show that's been going for so long that like the tour the tour itself celebrated its 11th year in october Mm -hmm. um no i'm sorry it, we will celebrate the 11th year in March. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think um, it just, just hit 10, so yeah. we're, we're into year 11. Um, and, like, just being a cog of that, but it's still feeling like a family is such a blessing that I'm like, oh, well, this is great. Now, from our point of view as the venue, uh, this is the longest run that we've ever done, and the longer the show sits down, the more stuff you can pack into the theater because you've got more time um but it seems like this is a really big production in terms of set scenery costumes it's a pretty large cast from some of the shows that we get through particularly when they're down to doing sort of two nights Mm -hmm. uh do do you feel that way do you feel like the show itself not only as a juggernaut as in it's been out for a long time but does it feel like a large production when you're standing on stage a part of it yeah uh yeah i would say so i was reading one of the um, Broadway Cares Tours uh, fact sheets. Mm-hmm. I think, what is it? We have two advanced trucks and then another 11 trucks after that? Yeah, uh, it, it might be 12. I think there's 14 total. Uh, yeah, and we have we have 
multiple of each thing, including our, our time dragon. <laughs> right, the so, time dragon turned up sort of 10 days before the rest of you did. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, I yeah, it, uh, I mean, to me, it, it still feels very, very massive. I don't know, with maybe three years, on, uh, or three years, uh, <laughs> longer under your belt, um, than three months, it uh, might start to feel a little bit more compact, but it, it still feels very, very massive, especially when you're standing backstage and you have these very heavy set pieces sort of dangling over your head uh, as spaces at a premium sometimes. Um, it still feels very large to me, very mammoth. Um, sometimes you just stand on the stage and just look up under the dragon and you're like, oh man, <laughs> this is, this is, oh, and I, well, remember the first night we have these, what we call the stoves. We have these four, um, they, they look like stoves and they have lights and smoke comes out of them and stuff. And right at the top of the show, we all are gathered around it. Um, and my first night in, in the show ever, uh, I was just sort of leaned over it. And as the, you know, the orchestra plays and the monkeys are doing their thing out front, the map comes out and we're all standing there and the lights come up and the smoke is there underneath. I was just like, Oh man, uh, here we go. <laughs> and it, it just, it really, it, it's really been insane. It feels very huge to me personally, but I don't know about you. Oh no, fully same. Like I've been here like a little over a year longer than you, but it still constantly amazes me that like we'll get to a new city. And like, it's so cool that this is uh, the first time like this tour's uh, played in Columbia that, so many new people get to like get wrapped up into the magic and i'm still constantly seeing it with new eyes like the other day i discovered like the lining of one of my jackets has a green leopard print and i'm like ah would you look at that yeah um but it's so cool and ornate yeah i I will say since you brought it up uh we are very excited to have this people have been asking about wicked for years uh and so now that it's here, people are coming out from all over. Uh, and, of course, you haven't been with the show all that long, but can you sort of tell when you're in a city? Uh, can you sort of gauge the level of excitement that the audience has based on the you know, reactions? Um, uh, because I feel like it's maybe different uh, from, from city to city. Is that do you do you feel different when you're in a different city? Because the can you tell that there's different audiences more than just you walk out and you see that there's a different color of seats? <laughs> can, but is the audience reaction different enough that you sort of know you're in a new place? Yeah, I would say so. Yes, um, in this city in particular, even when I'm not in the show and I'm sitting backstage, it's easy for me to hear over the monitor just people laughing more actively at things or uh, you know sort of pausing the show for a moment because they're clapping for a, a specific portion of it or. Um, yeah, you it, it you can hear at least from when you're backstage just listening to the show that you've listened to multiple times, uh, different bits of audience uh, audience reaction or whatnot, and even just in terms of excitement of the area, you you get into a, a ride share or something like that, and you mention what you're doing, and you're like, oh, I'm going to the to the Koger Center, and I've had a couple different uh, Uber or Lyft drivers sort of say, um, you know, oh, hey, you're you're with the Wicked, oh, that's great, <laughs> that's amazing, you know, we're we're coming on blah 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 blah. Or, um, in Little Rock, I gave my. It just so happened that my um, my uh, Airbnb hosts were um, were coming to the show. So, um, yeah, it, it's you can sort of gauge w- you know the the effect that it's having on a community, or people seem very interested. Yeah, no, fully like jokes that you know are jokes, but like the audiences will like give a stronger reaction here as opposed to say. Denver, where um, the tour's been through so many times. I want to say, like, six. Um, but it's refreshing and fun, and it reminds me what a cool show it is. Mm-hmm. 
So speaking of bouncing from city to city, is there something that you look for in every city? So you've got a unique opportunity to really see the country um, in some ways, maybe even more so than if you were doing a show that uh, moved more often, because Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like when you're doing two or three nights or a week, maybe even a week at a time, um, there's so much travel involved and the packing and unpacking is slightly different that uh, you're in the theater and then you've moved on. Mm -hmm. But I imagine with a tour like this, you get to sit down and eat at a couple of different places. Are, are there things that you do for hobbies when you're offstage in cities that, you know, something special you look for? I personally love going to uh, museums and whatnot or just kind of like exploring. I am such a homebody, so like un, uh, like one the one week tours, I'll just be like, okay, today I'm just gonna take for sleep. You know what, I'm gonna sleep in today. And I'm like, oh, we're leaving, great. <laughs> um, but like with this where we have the time to be in a city, I'll be like, great, I'm gonna go to the zoo, I'm gonna go to um, the Museum of Art, a whole shebang, just gonna walk around. I do get particularly excited about local food at, at <laughs> times. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm like a full-on foodie, but if I see something on the map, there was a place uh, in Five Points that was this cinnamon roll, I, I, I don't know, if, can, I, can I say names? Yes. Of, uh, yeah, the, the Divine Cinnamon Roll Deli, it was, it was called, and, and my wife was in town, so we just, we stopped in for a moment, we got this absurdly good cinnamon roll. Every once in a while you see this thing that's like, a cinnamon roll <laughs> deli, why not, let's go try it, um, and it just, every once in a while, as, as with this particular place, it just blows your mind. Um, in the South, barbecue, always always barbecue or if I find that a city has good barbecue I'm always looking for it but um, yeah I, I get particularly excited if there's a local dish um, uh, to, to look for or if there's just a regional something that might be better in this area than it would be in New York City. One of my friends in New York uh, her name is Louise she's such a foodie every now and then she'll just send me articles she's like you're in this city right you need to go get this <laughs> yeah like, okay I trust try you. the toasted ravioli damn it <laughs> um, yeah so can I ask you just a couple of interesting logistical questions? Maybe by interesting, I mean things that would be interesting for people who don't do this business. Yeah. So, for example, how do you, where do you stay? So you're, you're bouncing around. Do, does the tour put you up? Are you responsible for finding it? Do you do Airbnb? Do you do, you know, hotels? I'm assuming everyone does something slightly different. Uh, yeah, we um, our company gives us a per diem, but they also provide like two, a couple hotel options in every city. Um, so it'll be like, hey, these are some like possible places. Like we'll get like group rates or something. Um, but a it, number of people will uh, do Airbnb in every, every city. Like I uh, room with the other Bach understudy a lot. Uh, and then you run lines together. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> just like you know this scene, right? Right. There you go. Um, but yeah. Yeah, uh, typically if you look in advance, you can often save money on your per diem. Uh, the the hotel hotels are great. Uh, they don't always have kitchens. <laughs> um, and if you want to cook, you do. Sometimes it does save you money to to sort of have stuff that you bring to the theater. Uh, it certainly helps with with health if if what your your best option is is like an iceberg lettuce wedge. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, it it uh, it has its benefits to to seek out sort of your own stuff if you can find something and and we've all been we've all done quite well i think in finding our own stuff in this city in particular um yeah but i i do aim for airbnb typically 
uh, I've learned that some of the folks who are on tour, maybe those who've been on tour a little bit longer, are traveling in their own vehicles. When I was one of the things you get to do when you host a show like this is help figure out parking yeah. and you know, <laughs> things for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the folks uh, are driving. I, I, many people have their own vehicles on tour. Is that common? I wouldn't say it's like the majority of people, but absolutely. There are um, a couple of people in the show who have been with it for 10, 11, 12 years. Um, And so like they know the lay of the land. They know exactly what to do. So they will travel in their cars um, because sometimes people have pets as well. And so it makes uh, that easier to travel. Um, And yeah, uh, otherwise we're like planed bust yeah we do have we do have a lot of tour dogs so i think those people do tend to uh to travel in a car um drive the tour themselves uh you said that you're married david uh how how in you've only been out for three months Mm -hmm. but uh was there a complicated uh uh, conversation with your wife when you said (laughs) hey they want me to go to atlanta on monday and she said for how long and you said (laughs) and i said well (laughs) (laughs) well we'll see um yeah that is it's its own dance it really is um but she she was an actress when i met her um and uh you know she's got her own nine a nine to five job in new york now but um so she sort of understands it uh which is already good off the jump and and uh i've toured before uh after right after we got married i went on my first uh like big long national tour and um what did you tour on uh, a gentleman's guide to love and murder um i had done i had done uh, like a six seven month tour when i was nine union before that of the producers but that was um yeah that i was unattached and just sort of running around the country and uh but this you know so we've done this dance before and uh we we make sure we see each other every four weeks uh skype is a wonderful thing so we can see each other face to face each night and um you know i we just try and look at it as an opportunity to to see new places together or to try crazy cinnamon roll delis together or um (laughs) and whatnot so there's and it's an honest conversation about you know how how are we doing how are we feeling when do you need me to when does this need to be done, <laughs> um, but she also understands what a crazy opportunity it is, um, and it's and it is. So uh, it was kind of a no-brainer. It's the it, most actors in New York. It, it's like this is you'd be crazy not to take it. So um, she understands that and was willing to just sort of be like, all right, we'll figure it out because mm-hmm. she's awesome. So, and do you sign on for a year when you get offered a contract? How off? How long do they sign you for? The. Uh, Ensemble members typically it's a, it's a six month uh, thing, and then the principals have uh, a sort of a nine month uh, with a possible extension. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you only had to promise six months of your life. So you, you're going to get a chance to revisit this in three months. It's yes, yeah, yeah. However, um, you know, we like to. I as I'm a swing, it's very expensive and very time uh, time uh, consuming. For yes, thank you to train a new swing. So absolutely, I feel like that would be a bit of a middle finger to the company if I <laughs> <didn't> stay <laughs> uh, around longer uh, than longer that. than six months. Yeah. So uh, I, the plan is to stick around longer, but not like ten years longer. <laughs> Well, if she's an actress, uh, you, you have the inside scoop, I bet, on when auditions are coming up. <laughs> sure, yeah. I'm, I don't think she'd be terribly interested a- any longer. She uh, she wasn't a big fan of auditioning when she was an actress, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so you both, uh, at least seemingly standing in the same room with you, seem very young. You've had a lot of success behind you. So do you have a story of you know the the tough years the perseverance years anything that you would want to share with people who are 
um, new, wanting to get into the business, um, about how uh, the challenges and how you, you overcome those challenges. Um, you know, a quick read of the bios make it seem like, <laughs> oh, you just walk in uh, and they offer you parts uh, in a Broadway show. No. Uh, yeah. Um, I Well, particularly before the show, like, obviously, I have, I've had a good amount of success. Um, but it's it's the kind of thing that nobody nobody really tells you that it doesn't go up 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 up. It's not like you continue climbing steps. Um, you do often take two steps forward, one step back, or more. Um, but I had I was uh, I was becalmed, as I say. Uh, nothing. There was no upward motion for a little bit for about. Seven, eight months I had done a contract that I, I was not happy with, and um, I had sort of come home <laughs> just unfulfilled and hope, just desperately wanting to wash that taste out of my mouth, and, and no, no one was, was buying what I was selling. So um, that created a lack of confidence, which created a sort of echo chamber of uh, bad auditions and less confidence, and so it, it just, I didn't know how to break out of that. Um, and I, I just started trying to to love the work. Anytime I was given an audition, I tried not to think about um, the job or picture myself in the job. I, I would just look at the material and try and just like enjoy working on something. And um, that's sort of what informed this. I got this and honestly, I, I was looking at it as like this wasn't a show that wanted me, so I'm just gonna swing as hard as humanly possible. And um, I connected with that swing and it, it uh, Loving, loving the work sort of broke me out of that. Loving the, the putting my hands on material and taking it into a room and performing for somebody like it was a performance uh, sort of broke me out of that. And it got me this job, which has given me back so much more confidence and so much more happiness. Um, and the idea that I'm not running out of time as well, because I'm, I'm young for a lot of the roles I'm playing. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess that I don't know what my summation is there, but that's uh, that's my story of at least getting up into this. So uh, are you saying that you had to look at the auditions as sort of your performance opportunity? Because if you're not being paid to perform, you can't get a role. The only thing you had going for you was whatever, two minutes in a room yeah. uh, in front of an audience. Yep. And having having confidence in the in in what I've liking what I'm doing just you know just like I do when I'm on stage here I I, I enjoy performing and I'm going to go into this tiny room with a piano player and somebody <laughs> who's sitting across the table from me and I'm just going to perform for them what I think is honest and fun and good and uh, I'm not really going to worry about the rest of it and uh, that's sort of uh, clearly gotten me a little farther than I even expected to. So. Did you have to make a sort of conscious decision to to change your attitude? Because it, it also seems like what you said is uh, there's a moment where you're out of work and you go to an audition and you don't get it and then you start to have the self-fulfilling prophecy of mm -hmm. I'm not good enough right. and then you go into a room and they even before you open your mouth you, there's somehow your energy tells them we don't want to cast this guy he doesn't yep. think he's good enough fully so fully. did how how do you get out of that mindset into this far more uh, productive mindset of saying I am good enough I am going to this is a performance that's worth me giving do you, do you just like look in the mirror one day and make a change or yeah I mean is, is there a secret you can share with folks because uh, I, I, mean, I know lots of people in New York who who uh, are living that self-fulfilling prophecy of mm -hmm. I'm never going to get cast yeah I mean it's true it um 
I, I did start meditation stuff like that helps um, just to keep keep yourself uh, focused on on what's really important and um, I, I have friends who will actively leave a room and do the symbolic gesture of throwing away the sides that they've printed out so any of this any of the material that they've brought into the room they just go straight to a recycling bin and and toss it out as a as a just let go of it leave it behind because honestly there are a million things that uh, that could count you out besides your own attitude so um yeah i don't know do you have any any better no that that's the thing like there you can you will get so many no's in uh this industry like auditioning and all that and part of the conscious thing you have to realize is that sometimes the no is for like reasons completely out of your control like they are looking for a very specific thing you can have the like wrong hair color and that's the reason why you didn't get it and so for me when it it took a lot of being like this is what i love to do like this is what makes me happy and i don't want to like go into an audition thinking like oh no it's i'm not gonna like do well because that's not conducive to my happiness not conducive to like doing good work and so it was so much like oh i'll see friends at auditions because like Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends are former newsies that are the exact same type as me. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just be like, great, that's a time to look to them. Great, it's a time to dance. It's a time to just have fun. And if I didn't get it, okay, great, look on to the next one. And then mm-hmm. when you do get it, like, and it's just a reward of all of your work. Yeah, and understanding that if it's still worth it to you when you finally do get these things I remember in between I was bartending and losing my mind bartending and catering in which I was just where I just shut my mind off entirely when I was catering um and I between that I did this little concert with a group of my friends from some some encore shows that I had done and we sang we sang for uh, the Irish Rep Gala and uh, we were just we just sang a couple songs, tight harmonies. It was really nice. And just being backstage, I remember thinking to myself, "It's still worth it." Um, and knowing that it's like this is what I do, and I'm not going anywhere. So, um, you know, you just you, you you keep you make the conscious decision that if this is what you want to do, and it's still worth it to you to take the lumps, then you get back in the ring every time. So, does it ever get a- any easier for anyone? Um, it. it it would seem from an outside point of view that, you know, you all are, must be crazy successful. You're in this massive hit show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also f- feel like even the leads who are in this show who've had impressive careers, some of them, you know, are older and have done a lot. Uh, I still get the feeling that even they go out and are told no uh, at auditions. Um, it, it's just a part of being an actor. Is yeah, the, it's part of the life. Is putting yourself out there and being told no um, and then picking yourself back up and because somebody's going to say yes eventually. That's why you have to like cultivate yourself, like Mm -hmm. build yourself up, uh, find the things that you're interested, find the things that you're not interested, do that. Like just do any number of things. So like you can present your best self and if someone uh, doesn't need that for the show, great. Like you just keep going with your own person. Yeah, and uh, I had a friend tell me when I was asking him how how the heck do you get through these times, 
um, he uh, and he's a you know veteran of a couple Broadway shows and he was like you got to take ownership of something you got to you yeah. got to find something that is is a creative endeavor for you which I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't actually quite find this in that moment because I, I was trying to put together a cabaret and some other things weren't quite working out um, but his his sage advice was to you know to take ownership of something or um, to find something that you like it doesn't necessarily have to be creative but find something you do have control over mm-hmm. um, and and enjoy that as much as you can and it'll sort of pass the time between these things because again like you said it's um, even if you look at the, the leads in our show who are incredibly talented people um, if you think about film and TV actors people that you go oh where was that guy you know if you haven't seen that person in a second they may be doing they may be in Hollywood in a very nice home doing the exact same stuff I was doing at, in my small apartment with my cats in New York um, you know sitting trying to self-actualize trying to to keep your your confidence up trying to make sure they still love the work um, it's it's just part of creative endeavors uh, and and you know it's not it's not easy but if it's worth it you got to keep at it so is there something that you could share with the audience uh, about Wicked, about your performances in Wicked that um, is particularly touching, meaningful to you? Is there like a little favorite scene or a favorite moment? Um, there's a number of people who I know who've come to see the show here in Columbia uh, or are coming to see the show in Columbia who've seen it before. So one of the main reactions we got when we were able to announce that the, sh- the tour was coming was I was surprised at how many people said, I love Wicked, I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, paren- parenthetically, what they mean is again. Yep. Right? They've seen it once. Yep. They mean, can't wait to see it so long. again. Um, so y- you all hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there, so it's like you when you found your leopard print, Andy, uh, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> green leopard print on the inside. Is there some little thing that always makes you smile that's your favorite little inside moment, uh, things that you, when you're just sitting in the audience you might not really know to look for? that you could share that might help people who haven't seen the show yet um, smile when they see it, when they come? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's, there are so many like little Easter eggs uh, in the show that harken back to like the Wizard of Oz or something. Um, like in one of the first scenes, Madame Morrible is just like, oh, it's just a slight gulch. And it's like Elmira Gulch was the name of the Wicked Witch. And so like you hear all of these uh, like little things. But one of my favorites, the ones that like I get to do, um, is in the Emerald City. A, all of the costumes are gorgeous. Um, they are really stunning. It's so much fun. That's probably a whole conversation in and of itself is how, oh, do, yes. how, do, you, how do you take care of that getting them in and out of wardrobe gondolas on and off trucks through all of the weather. That's, right. that's we have an that's amazing they, team. They, they are amazing yeah. people yeah. because people. they look spectacular, not just from the audience, but when I, if you walk backstage and you get to see them up close, they look spectacular up close yeah. too, mm-hmm. which is saying a lot. Yeah. So anyway, so um, go on. No, but uh, in uh, one short day, like I leap out and then I get to like, do the little step, like ease on down the road, just uh, down the stage. And it's just something as small as that, where I'm like, well, this is just fun. And I hope like someone sees it and like, oh, I recognize that. It's just little things like that that will always make me smile and be like, yeah, wicked. Yeah, for me, it's, um, I mean, we, it's two things. One, we do, they make our shoes for us. Everybody, anybody who comes into the show gets, they make shoes for your feet. 
Um, and I've, I've just get, I have gotten a couple different pairs and gotten to wear them. I just got my new Emerald City boots uh, recently, and I got to I got to wear them in the show. And I was just like, these are these are mine. These are mine. These are my part of this show. And it's been around for so long. And you know, X amount of people have played these roles or this track. Um, but these are my boots. These are Dave's boots. And uh, the other the other thing that's not so small is. Uh, the end of Act One, which for the people who haven't seen the show, I won't spoil it, but um, there's, um, I remember my seventh row seat in, on Broadway when I saw the end of Act One the first time, um, and now I I cover two of the guards that are laying on stage for that, um, and so I have a better than front row seat now <laughs> to see to see what happens at the end of Act One, and uh, that the one of the, the first couple times I did it, I was like, am I sweating or crying? I can't quite tell. <laughs> Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's still cool and you're laying in all the fog and it's, it, it's great. It's really cool. So, and I, I personally, after three months, you, you can check back in with me in, in a year and a half or so, but, uh, I, I don't think the glitter's quite going to rub off for that. Um, and I hope it doesn't. So, uh, is there anything that you'd like to leave us with? I feel like the, 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 these are really cool things and it's a great note to end on. Um, I was going to ask you like, what's the, about the challenges of touring, but uh, we might get too deep into the, the depressing part of, <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. of being no an bummers. actor. Do you, is there anything that you'd like to share about uh, being an actor, being, you know, about the, the challenges of being a swing, about uh, how, how you stay mentally prepared to be an understudy, about Wicked itself, anything you'd like to, to leave us with? Um, for me, yeah, I'll partially answer your question. Mm. Uh, with all of the like changing things of tour, I find such comfort in routine. The um, I always like to stretch on stage um, before the show starts, and just my way of getting ready for the show. Even if I'm going on um, for my principal track uh, when I go on for Bach, like it's so cool to just see the map of Oz and seeing the Emerald City shine, and just being on stage knowing that I'm a part of this show that has been a dream like I've always said that this has been a dream show and getting to live it I'm just like well this is just the best thing and I get to take this across the country like it will never fail to make me smile and just bring me back uh in terms of creature comforts I I travel my own pillow uh, with my own pillowcase that's I found that has made things feel a little bit more like home and uh, a candle really warms up uh, you know mentally warms up as well as I guess physically um, from the fire <laughs> uh, it warms up a hotel room even um, but in terms of the show I uh, it, it the whole thing of doing split tracks or I was swung on in the middle of the show this past weekend um, the the hardships of it um, in addition to me just being really excited to be here and being happy to be in use, um, I've been I've been particularly happy to just be of service to the show. So anytime I get a last minute text saying, uh, "Hey, you're in for X person or, or or whichever track," it's it's always this thing of like, "All right, I'm I've been I'm I'm in I'm in action here. I'm in use. Uh, let me step up for for the show." Um, so yeah. Well, unfortunately, that wraps up our time today. Thank you for being here this week. The Coker Center Arts Roundup is produced in part by Garnet Media Group, the student media partnership at the University of South Carolina. Information about tickets and upcoming events can be found at CogerCenterForTheArts.com. 
the official website for Koger Center tickets. For more information about Garnet Media Group, visit garnetmedia.org. Thank you.